in need of some sportswear or just want to rep your favorite team, I know occasionally I like to do so. Well, do it in style and shop with the 47 brand. Premium headwear and apparel style since 1947. Officially licensed gear by your favorite team. I have bought a couple pieces from this website. I love the 47 brand. Great brand, great quality, and affordable prices. Go check out the 47 brand. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 137. Episode 137. You know who it is. You know who it is. I got a good one for you today. I got a good one for you guys today. Welcome back, okay, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the IKP, episode 137 of the Isaiah Kitt Podcast. I'm your humble and highly favored host, Isaiah Kitt. We're back, we're back, we're back. Um, <clears throat> boy, oh boy, we got a loaded schedule today. We got a loaded schedule today. And before I even get into what I'm going to get into... Because we got we got we got breaking news. We got not breaking news, but we got some big time stories to cover all throughout the NFL, throughout the NBA, and the NBA bubble. So we're getting prepared for the playoffs. We get MLB baseball back. We're getting some. Um, we got you know a lot of NFL stories. Um, we got some college football reports. So we got a lot to unpack, and we're gonna do so. But this podcast has really turned into a quarterback debate podcast because I um I had I had gave I gave you guys my top ten quarterbacks projections going into twenty twenty, um and then I I did a collaboration with um a, another sports channel on YouTube it's via YouTube and I gave my top ten quarterbacks. On their respective platform, um, and I just and we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that a little bit, but let's first address Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. So I've been covering this story. Uh, just about everybody in the media has been covering this story for about a year and a half now with Dak contract situation. No, he did not get a long term deal. By now, you should know that. Uh, Wednesday was the deadline. There were some teams around the league that closed up some deals. Uh, Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs, Miles Garrett and the Browns, they were able to get deals done. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys weren't. Um, those, and obviously those two are one of the better, those, those two are the better defensive players in the league. But Dak did not get a deal, so he's going to have to play on the franchise tag. That's worth $31.5 million-ish, around that amount, $31.5 million. That's not bad either, but he could have had $100 million guaranteed. And with that, with this whole Dak Prescott situation, I give you guys, like I said, I, I said this um, on the previous episode I did earlier this week, 
I've said this. I have broken down this Dak Prescott and the Cowboys situation layer by layer. And I've given you every possible, I've given you guys just about every possible scenario. Now, I'm going to tell this is going to be my, this is going to be one of my final takes on this Dak Prescott and Cowboys contract issue or dilemma that they seem they can't find, they can't negotiate. Um, Dak wanted everything. When you go into a contract negotiation, you have your things that you want. Now, obviously, the billionaire company, the multi-million dollar or the multi-billion dollar company, because in Dak's case, he's working, he's he's employed by a multi-billion dollar company, and Jerry Jones is a billionaire. When you go into negotiations as far as contracts, you have things that you want. You have things that you want. You have all your wants. Now, it's called a contract negotiation for a reason. You're trying to negotiate the things that you want. On the other end, you have a billionaire. He wants to put his money in the right place. And he wants to feel comfortable after the, after the negotiation is over. And the deal is agreed upon both sides. Obviously, both sides want to walk away feeling like, you know what? That's a pretty good deal. And Dak wanted everything. Jerry offered Dak five years. Dak wanted four years. Dak wanted, I think Dak wanted a certain amount of money guaranteed. Dak gave him 100, I mean, Jerry Jones gave him $100 million guaranteed. Dak wanted everything. Dak wanted everything he, he listed. And, 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 and we're going into a contract negotiation. just doesn't work like that. Especially when you're not the billionaire. You, you just don't work out. It, things just don't work out like that. You don't get everything. Howard Stern got fired from television, went, went on to move, went, stayed in television, stayed in broadcasting, did his own thing, and now Howard Stern walks into any meeting in any any negotiation and gets everything. But Dak wanted everything, and you cannot start off like that. You cannot start off like that, especially with a guy. I mean, well, I mean, we're all you know, we all think of ourselves. We think much. We think much higher than ourselves than what we actually are. So, in my opinion, and I think Dak is a B quarterback. I think Dak is a B quarterback. Dak might think he's an A, rightfully so. I mean, he, you know, he's a young uh, athlete, plays for the Cowboys. So, he probably thinks he's an A. But I think he's a B. Most people would tend to agree with me that he's a B quarterback. Looking at his numbers, his first four years, he's won a division two out of the four years. He's gotten to the playoffs. He's won a playoff game. You would think Dak is a B quarterback. He may think he's A. And most of us think he's a B. So he, he, may, he may overrate himself, which is nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But you don't walk into a situation and have everything. You don't walk in into a situation and, and get everything you want. And you, don't, and you certainly don't walk into a negotiation table and get Every single thing that you want. It's called a compromise. The two of you, both parties, both sides, 
Look at what, you know, hey, you know, you, you may not be able to get this, but you can get this. You may not be able to get this, you can get this. Now, this on your, on your list, yes, we can do that. That on your list, um, we got, might got to hold off. Dak wanted everything. Aaron Rodgers, and it just doesn't work, and especially NFL. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're a quarterback. You're an NFL quarterback. It does, it, it, you don't get everything. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have an owner. Aaron Rodgers had been, for the last, I mean, for what, the last 10 years? The last nine seasons, Aaron Rodgers have been playing with subpar defenses. He's just now getting the running game. Russell Wilson, for years, for the last few years, Seattle defense has been average, has been average or sometimes below average. Their offensive lines haven't been great. Offensive schemes played out. Russell Wilson still finds a way. You don't get everything. You don't you you don't get everything. Tom Brady, he's never Tom Brady never had the greatest talent on offense throughout his years in New England, and last year it was bad. But he's had Bel and you might you might argue and say, oh, he had Belichick. Well, yes, he has Belichick, but he hasn't had the offensive weapons his whole entire career in New England. He has he has, he he has, he's, he's usually had a solid line. But he hasn't always had a Rob Gronkowski. He hasn't always had a Randy Moss. I remember years where Brady was throwing to Dion Branch and a bunch of guys I did not know. He had West Walk. He had West Walker and Dante Stallworth and um and and Randy Moss for like two seasons, and then that that went away. You don't get everything you want in this league. Add to Sean Watson. Deshaun Watson. Questionable, I mean, bad GM. Bill O'Brien's a bad GM. Questionable coach. Bad O-line. Average defenses. You don't get everything you want in this league. You don't. You do. You typically, as a, and as a franchise quarterback, as a quarterback, in, 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 in the hard cap league that the NFL is, you don't get everything you want. And Dak wanted everything. You can't do that. That's not how negotiations work. That's not how contract negotiations work. And Dak, you know, and and that's why I that's why I express on Tuesday. I said Dak. Everybody say, "Oh, Dak has this tremendous leverage," and I'm like, "Uh, does he really? Does he really have this tremendous amount of leverage that everybody was alluding to?" Because come to find out, Dak and his agent tried to put together a last minute deal. Dak thought Jerry Jones was going to cave. Jerry Jones did not cave on Wednesday. Jerry Jones did not cave late Tuesday night going into Wednesday. Dak and his agent, put a, a, they put a last-minute effort in. They couldn't get it done. But from what I'm seeing, the Cowboys, they didn't disrespect Dak. The Cowboys offered Dak 33 between thirty-three and thirty-five million dollars per year, a hundred million dollars guaranteed. That's not disrespectful. You know, you want to know what's disrespectful? Look at the Kirk Cousins in the Washington Football Team example. Kirk Cousins was disrespected. Kirk Cousins wasn't offered what Dak was. He he wasn't offered what Dak was offered. Hell. His front, the, the, the Redskins front office, their front, their, his own front office called him Kurt instead of Kirk. They call him Kirk as 
K-K-U-R-T. Instead of calling him Kirk. K-I-R-K. They, 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 they butchered the guy. They butchered the quarterback's name. That is disrespectful. The Cowboys haven't disrespected that. Jerry Jones hasn't disrespected that. Actually, they've been very, they've been very celebratory of that. Dak, you came off eight and eight season. Jerry Jones still came out and said, "Yeah, we like that. Dak is our guy." He still, it's not like it's not like Jerry Jones has been hesitant to not. It's not like he's been hesitant as to say Dak is not our guy or he's pushed back. Dak, that Dak is that they've been they've not been disrespectful to Dak. And like I said, I said a couple weeks ago, you get what you earn in this league. You don't get what you deserve. So people bring it all. Oh, he went 13 threes rookie season. He did this, did that. That's all good and great. And he's definitely, he's definitely 100% outperformed his fourth round contract, his fourth round of contract. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's outperformed it. But looking at this last year, the NFL is what have you, it's a what have you done for me lately league. Last time I saw that, he went eight and eight and lost two critical games and lost the most critical game, that Philadelphia game. He lost the he lost the game where if the Cowboys beat Philly at Philly, they that goes on to win, he goes on to win the division again. He wins the division again. But and, and, and it was no excuse because Carson Wentz was thrown to a bunch of glue sticks and glue and popsicle sticks. Come on, I mean, Dak had no excuse why he lost that game. He had the better line, he had the better weapons. All his all his all his weapons were healthy. So, you know, when when people say, oh, Dak got disrespected, Dak this, Dak that, I'm like, uh, did he really? Cowboys offer him $100 million. They offer him 30 between 33 and 35 million dollars per year. Some even argue 35 is a little bit too much for that. I wouldn't be mad if you argue that. But that's what the Cowboys offered him. That is no way in shape, that is no way, shape, and form that that is disrespectful. Plus, let's go down the line. If you, and this is how this league works, the NFL. As a young quarterback, the things you need to succeed, Dak has had. Dak has had. For the, for, the, in, for the totality of his career, Dak has had all of the things you need to be successful as a young quarterback in this league. He's had a strong offensive line. Dak coming into the league, getting drafted by the Cowboys, he had a strong offensive line. Second on the list, a, a strong running game. Yeah, he has one of the best running backs in football. He has Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott behind him. Then, you know, weapons on the perimeter, weapons on the outside. The Cowboys have done a pretty good job with putting weapons on the outside. And then the last thing that you guys may argue, but I will push back on, is this. Dak also had Jason Gerd. Now, Jason Gerd, I think, is a mediocre coach. I think Jason Gurr is a mediocre coach. I don't think he's a bad coach because there's, there's levels to bad, mediocre, and great. 
But I think George, I think Jason Garrett was a mediocre coach, but he was a former quarterback and he was an offensive mind. So Dak had all of those factors working for him. And please, oh my gosh, look at all of the young quarterbacks that did not have that 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 didn't have that supporting cast. Look at the guys like Sam Donald. Look at the guys like 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 Deshaun Watson. Take those guys for example. Sam Donald put he put up good numbers to end off the season last year, but bad O line, young O line. The 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 Jets act like they can't pay anybody. They're cheap. Adam Gase as a coach, uh, is he really? I don't even know if he's coherent at times. Then Deshaun Watson in Houston. Love the kid. I think he's a top five. I think he's a top five. He's weak. He's there. You can make an argument that he's a top five quarterback in the league, but he has a bad O-line. He's had Bill O'Brien as a coach, who we sometimes question his decision-making, and then an average defense. That had all of those factors going for him. Competent front office, strong O-line, strong running game, weapons, offensively-minded coach. Dak had all those things going for him. That is, so I look at this contract and I look at the way how this all played out, you know, how this contract dilemma played out. I blame this more on Dak and his agent. It's not like the Cowboys didn't offer him anything. It's not like the Cowboys didn't offer. It's not like they didn't offer him anything. It's not. I think it's as simple as Dak wanted everything. Can't have everything because nobody gets everything on their, especially on their first contract negotiation. This is your first time negotiating a contract. Secondly, you're coming off eight and eight year. <laughs> you went eight and eight last year, and you lost some critical games, and you couldn't beat winning teams. So that's already a negative. That's why I said I don't know what people I don't know what people got off and said. Hey, Dak has leverage, and I'm like, mm, does he really? I'll be back after the break to continue talking about this Dak Prescott conversation because I'm gonna go a little bit further after this break. Okay, so I'm back. Um, and I want to take, I want to, like I said um, on the previous segment, I want to take this Dak, uh, you know, and Cowboys thing a little bit further and deeper. Um, so, you know, the goal is for every NFL team entering into the season to win a Super Bowl. They want to, every team goal is to win a Super Bowl. That's what, at least what it should be. Um, and usually on a yearly basis, even, even dating back to last season, because you guys can go back and listen to my my like my who was in my Super Bowl bubble or who I saw as Super Bowl contenders. There's usually about six, maybe even eight, like bona fide Super Bowl contenders in in the league. Usually on a yearly basis, and I thought about this. I was like, Jerry Jones is a little bit older age. 
The Cowboys are going to they're going to be forever the Cowboys. They're going to be forever America's team. But they haven't, let's be honest, they haven't won a Super Bowl in 25 years. And quite frankly, they haven't been haven't been close to winning a Super Bowl in 25 years. So, and this made me think, is Dak even really good enough to win or go, go on a playoff run to either get the Cowboys in the Super Bowl or let alone win the Super Bowl? And this is what I thought. In order to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to be able to beat Play, you're going to have to be able to beat Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Hall of Fame coaches. Either or or sometimes both. But in order to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to win or you're going to have to beat a couple or a few Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Hall of Fame coaches. And with Dak, he's in the NFC. So he has to beat... Uh, you know, you got to go through Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. That's four Hall of Fame level quarterbacks already. Then the coaches in the NFC, Sean Payton, Doug, Doug Peterson, and, and uh, Bruce Arians, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. These are guys that we really like. Mike Zimmer. These are guys, these are really good coaches. Um, some are Hall of Fame worthy, some are not. But you get the point. Dak is going to have to be able to beat those type of teams and quarterbacks and coaches. And too often, and, and, and then I know there's going to be some Cowboy fans that's going to be like, well, 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 Dak couldn't do that because he had Jason Garrett. Fair, fair point, fair point. Jason Garrett, like I said, I thought he was a mediocre coach. I thought the Cowboys had a roster where they were better than mediocre. The Cowboys with that roster last year should have been better than 8 eight and 8. They should have won more than 8 games. But I don't think all of that was on Jason Garrett. But I do know coaching is a big part of, the, of, of NFL and success in the NFL. It's a big part. But with that. Like, let's just sit back and be honest. Can Dak win a shootout versus Russell Wilson? Can he win a shootout versus versus Tom Brady? Can he win a shootout versus Aaron Rodgers? And and I, and I know some people there's gonna be pushback. Well, his defense got to be able to get stops. Yeah, but once again, I revert back to another point that I often make about the Cowboys. The Cowboys as a team, they are at their best when they are controlling time of possession and running the football. You pay your offensive line all this money. You pay Ezekiel Elliott all this money. For what? For what? Because I know I know some Cowboy fans like to push back on that comment, on like that, on that statement. Okay, you can't be too predictable, but you, this is the strength of your team. You pay your offensive line for what? You invested time, money, and draft picks in your O-line and Ezekiel Elliott for what if you don't run the ball? Also, your defensive point. If you're one of those fans that say, oh, the defense got to get stops, 
Very much true. That is true. But it is much easier for your defense to get stops if your offense is controlling the line of scrimmage and if you're running the ball effectively and they don't have to be on the field every time you look up. That's where the Cowboys have tripped. That's what that's where the Cowboys have experienced its most that's where they that's where they experienced their most success. Go back and look at the 13 and 3 season. They controlled time of possession. They controlled the line of scrimmage. Last year, they trailed a lot. They found themselves trailing. Dak had to then throw the ball. <laughs> eight and eight. You don't see the correlation? And then with that, for, with that point, I went on and, and I, saw this, I saw this list also on another show. And I went on and created my own list. Quarterbacks that are good enough to win a Super Bowl. Now, I obviously got those guys that you're probably thinking about. You're probably thinking about Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. You're probably thinking about those guys. But I got... I have a couple guys that made it that that made it to a Super Bowl and had fantastic or had a fantastic Super Bowl run. And I have Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and Cam Newton. Those four guys in the NFC, all of these guys came out of the NFC. Those four guys in the NFC are good enough with those right there are good enough to win your Super Bowl because I feel like it, 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 it like with, with Jimmy Garoppolo everybody bangs on Jimmy Garoppolo because it's because of his bad fourth quarter in the Super Bowl last year and he didn't make that one throw that would have won the 49ers Super Bowl I understand it he he should have made that throw uh he did have a bad fourth quarter but if you're that close to winning a Super Bowl that 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 means you can win. You're, that that means you're capable of winning a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan, yes, yes, he did choke, twenty eight to three. He had a twenty eight to three lead. But when you're that close to winning a Super Bowl, that means you can win a Super Bowl. Cam Newton, yes, he was a shell of himself against a very good um, Denver Broncos defense in Super Bowl fifty. But he was down six. With the ball in his hands, last drive of the game. When you're that close, you're good enough to win the Super Bowl. The same thing goes for Jared Goff. When you're that close, you're good enough to win the Super Bowl. Like, like for for example, if you're if you're if you're an artist and your album gets and you're and you get nominated for Best Artist of the Year, and you don't win Artist of the Year, you don't win that Grammy. Well, you're capable of winning that. You're capable of winning a Grammy because you was nominated. You were nominated. So if you're that close to getting to first playing in the Super Bowl and then the Super Bowl was close, that game was actually close, then you're capable enough to win the Super Bowl. And then these are the other guys that you guys were probably expecting to hear. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Brady and Breeze are older, but they're still capable enough to win your Super Bowl. Those are the quarterbacks that are capable enough to win Super Bowls. And Deshaun Watson. Excuse me. Damn. 
and Deshaun Watson in that list. So these are the list of quarterbacks, in my opinion, in my opinion, I think these are the list of quarterbacks right now. They are still good enough to win Super Bowls or to win a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, Brady Breeze, they're older, Jared Goff, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo. All of those quarterbacks are good enough to win Super Bowls. Those are 12 quarterbacks that are good enough to win Super Bowls. Um, the reason why I don't have – now, I know Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, I like his game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is a future Hall of Famer. But Ben Roethlisberger is coming off an injury. I don't know what he looks like, and his offseason training regiment is questionable. So I, I, I can't say I, – I don't know what to say about Ben Roethlisberger. He's on he, – you know, he's on – I don't know. He, he's, he's right there. We all know Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Fame quarterback. But – I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him play. He didn't play last year. I haven't seen him play. In the games that he did play last year, it didn't look too good. But that's because of the injury. So I have to wait and see how he looks coming off the injury. But those 12 quarterbacks that I just named are good enough to win you Super Bowls. And those guys that you're probably thinking, should they be on there? Or those guys that you're questioning should be on there? Like Jared Goff, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo. When you're that close to winning a Super Bowl, you can, you're capable of winning a Super Bowl. Uh, simple as that. You're capable of winning a Super Bowl. And with Dak, I don't think Dak can have a playoff run where he outscores and he can go into a shootout and outduel Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Hall of Fame coaches. I've seen Matt Ryan do it. Matt Ryan, look, go, go look at Matt Ryan's playoff run when he got to the Super Bowl. Look at his stat line. He, I mean, he, 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 he outdid Aaron Rodgers. I've seen Jared Goff beat Drew Brees in a dome. I've seen it. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo outplay Patrick Mahomes for the first three quarters of a Super Bowl. I've seen it. And with, and Cam, he got into a Super Bowl. So, that's what I'm looking for, and that's what you have to. That's what you have to do to win a Super Bowl. You gotta be able to beat Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Hall of Fame coaches. You have to, and you have your exceptions like your Nick Foles and Trent Dilfer and uh, Brad Johnson. Like those guys. I mean, they, they, you know, they had great defenses, especially Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson. They had good defenses. Those are outliers. You have your outliers. But historically, and still now to this day, as a quarterback, for you to win a Super Bowl, for your team to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat Hall of Fame-level quarterbacks and Hall of Fame-level coaches. Or if they're not Hall of Fame-level coaches, they're really good coaches. Like Mike Zimmer, probably not a Hall of Fame coach, but he's a really good coach. Simple as that. Simple as that. And with Dak, I, I, I don't know if he can do that. Because get this. With Dak, I think he has, had, he has taken advantage of a really bad division that he's been playing in. And no, that is not his fault. It's not his fault that Washington and the Giants have been bad. It's not his fault that the Washington team and the New York Giants have stumped. 
It's not his fault, but it's a simple fact. He's 13 and three against the Giants and Red, against the Giants and the Washington team, and he has 30 touchdowns to four interceptions. Every versus everyone else, he's average. He's 27 and 21. He, had, he you know he's still six games above 500. But if you look at his stat line, he's average. It's average. It's 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 very much average versus everyone else. And I know people. I know y'all gonna say, "Oh, Tom Brady, he he had an easy division." Yeah, but Tom Brady also had a winning record against the Steelers. Tom Brady can be, Tom Brady beat the Steelers consistently. They were a pretty good team. Steelers had Steelers have had great teams. Brady beat them. So Brady Brady didn't struggle against winning teams. And too often, that's the case with the Cowboys and Dak. Dak has struggled against winning teams. And last year was a clear pinpoint example of that. I'll be back after the break. We're going to go into some, some different things, I don't, you know, other than Dak. We've been talking about Dak, 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 Dak. And Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. We've been talking about that for the last 30 minutes. So after this quick break, we're going to get into that. Okay, so let's transition into uh, the NBA bubble in Orlando. I'm excited for the NBA. Um, The NBA playoffs, like I said, I've been saying this. Um, since the announcement, since, you know, the NBA is coming back at such and such date. I've said this all along. I said, this, these playoffs are so unpredictable because, excuse me, usually in the NBA playoffs, I know what I'm getting. The superstars are going to rise to the occasion, usually. Um, and the, the big time veterans and the, and the guys that are good shot makers are going to make big shots and come up big down the stretch. That's what I know about playoff basketball. And the refs are going to swallow the whistle. But first, um, I don't know if I reported this on the previous episode, but if I did not report it, Russell Wilson, I mean Russell Wilson, well, Russell Westbrook, as I like to call them, <laughs> and I know I I I, I know uh, some of you listeners have caught on to that. Hey, that's what you guys call them, West, Russell Westbrook. I like uh, now. Let me. I, I've been saying this. Russell Westbrook. He uh, he had he he got COVID nineteen. He tested positive for COVID nineteen. So I hope I hope that he does get back to a speedy recovery, um, or not a speedy re- recovery, but a, a a nice and healthy recovery. So he's able to play with the Rockets and so forth. Now, <clears throat> with the Rockets, that's why that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Rockets because the Rockets are in a peculiar situation um, with their duo and just with their whole nucleus um, <laughs> that they still have left because <laughs> they have traded away Clint Capella. They traded away some guys. Trevor, they let Trevor Reza walk. So with the nucleus that they still have at this point um, of this juncture of the season, the Houston Rockets, they got some pressure. They have pressure. They have pressure on them. And all year long, um, even since last year during the summertime, when the Rockets made the trade for Russell Westbrook, I automatically said, 
Russell Westbrook and or Brick <laughs> um, and James Harden, I often said uh, the two, the two. I mean, they're they're both MVP caliber players. They're both potent offensive players. One is not as efficient as the other. One can't shoot as well as the other. And I just never saw it as a as a as a match. I never saw it as a good match. You know, when you saw like people questioned LeBron and Anthony Davis, a lot of the media, a lot of the media really didn't. But then when we saw them play like the first fifteen games together, and we was like, oh, LeBron, AD, we was like, yeah, that dynamic's gonna work. That that dynamic, that duo was gonna work. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George, they both play similar two two. Two of the best two-way players in basketball. That's gonna work. But we had our we had the media has often had our struggles and our we 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 we've had our critiques of Westbrook, some of us, and then we've had our critiques of James Harden. And <laughs> the two, it's just it's just a, a really interesting two. It's a really dynamic two. Houston has a lot of risk. Going into the bubble. Hard, like I said, I cannot echo this no more. Harden and Westbrook are two fascinating talents. They are two fascinating talents. But both of their neither of their styles are, in my opinion, and NBA history has showed it in the postseason, neither of their styles, that the way how they play. It doesn't favor postseason basketball. It doesn't result into winning in postseason play, and that that's just been that's just been the nick on their career. Daryl Morey, um, he had the China incident. He was on the hot seat, but Mike D'Antoni's on the hot seat as well. Mike, you know they got a, they, the Rockets have a new owner, Mike D'Antoni. Um, his contract, this is the last year of his contract in the Rockets front office, Daryl Morey and the crew has, they, they haven't, they haven't extended him. They haven't extended him. So it's, 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 it's so Dan, Mike Antony, I like to call him Mike Antony because he has no D because I don't think he coaches defense, but Mike D'Antoni, Mike Antony, he, he has a lot at stake as well. And with the bubble being such a weird format, um, an unknown format, an unprecedented format that we're that we all are going to be new to, including the players, including the media members, including the teams, including the coaches, it's such a weird playoff format and um, platform for basketball. <laughs> With two potent offensive players of Harden and Westbrook caliber, who knows if they can get on the road? What if the what if what if the Rockets and James Harden and Russell Westbrook? What if they strike gold? Because, like I said, traditionally in the NBA playoffs, I know what I'm getting. Superstars are going to rise to the occasion. Most of them, uh, veteran players are going to come up big down the stretch. They're going to hit big shots and big moments. And the referees swallow their whistles. But with this Orlando bubble and with COVID, I don't know what happens. I'm not in and in, in no way, shape, or form am I predicting the Rockets 
to win the Western Conference or even to get to the conference finals. I'm not predicting that. But I am letting you guys know that this is the Rockets, like this is the last straw of this nucleus with the Rockets and with Mike D'Antoni. Like I could like if the Rockets was to get bounced in the first round possibly or if they don't get to the conference finals or win the Western Conference, I can see them trading a Russell Westbrook contract that some may, you know, that Russell Westbrook contract, him going into his 30s, uh, you know, him not being the most efficient player. Some 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 may think that contract is too much. It, it, some may think that contract is as bad as the Chris Paul contract. Mike, like I said, already I already said, Mike D'Antoni, he's on his contract year. The Rockets front office has not extended him. They have not gave him a contract extension. So he's coaching. So his job is practically on the line. And with Harden, we have to see that Harden, I think he's going to still be there. If anybody's still going to be there, I think Harden will. But it would not surprise me if Mike D'Antoni didn't return and Russell Westbrook gets traded. That wouldn't surprise me if that was to be the outcome with this whole Houston Rockets thing. Because I feel bad for Dora Moore. He, you know, I think he's one of the smart GMs. Um, he's, he's tried, I mean, the Rockets have... I mean, you know, throughout this time stretch where they have been legit title contenders, the Rockets have tried everything. They've tried the hard and isolation ball. They tried bringing in Chris Paul. He got hurt in big moments, and they couldn't beat the Warriors. Now they're faced against the two L.A. teams. That's going to be an uphill battle. So, you know, Daryl Morey, he's going to have to go find a new coach. He's going to probably have to trade and move Russell Westbrook, and he's going to have to make the right trade. So Houston is still a legit title contender. So it's a lot riding in on this Orlando and bubble with the Houston Rockets. You know, I know a lot of people are saying there's a lot of pressure on the Bucks. you know, Clippers, Lakers, and it is. It is. But the Rockets, they have as much to lose as some of those teams because coaching, you know, they've already played with their coaching. So the Rockets are, you know, they're in desperate need of a playoff run as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm intrigued. I'm fascinated. Like I said, the duo with Harden and Westbrook, they're two fashionable guys. Um... You know, they're not the most efficient. Their styles don't equal up. They don't result into playoff success. But we have to see what happens in the Orlando bubble. And this leads me to my next topic. Um, so Charles Barkley, and I and, and let me see, you know, I'm gonna make this quick. I don't want to make this too long. Um, but Charles Barkley had he he predicted something. Um, on, on Inside the NBA on TNT, I'm a fan of the show. I watched the show. I, I love the show after those TNT uh, games. I love Inside the NBA. Um, I, I, I like what they talk about. Uh, I think for most for the most part, they are on point. Shaq, Kenny, and Charles, and um, along with EJ, 
Uh, I think both of the, I think all of those four, all four of those guys, they they are on point to what they're talking about when it comes to basketball. But um, Charles, Charles Charles Barkley, and he's and he's known for this. He's known for making headlines and making bold predictions. And some of them are a little out there, and some would argue that's not really a bold prediction or a hot take. That's more of like a, not just a smart take. Uh, it's more of a bold prediction. I'm not going to say it's not smart or it's, or it's idiotic, um, but it's a bold take. And Charles went on to say the Blazers would beat the Lakers. He has the Blazers get in the eighth spot and beating the Lakers in the first round. Um, so <laughs> uh, you can let that sink in. So I'm going to play the clip um, of Charles actually saying it. I'm going to play the clip for Charles, for Charles Barkley actually, actually saying it. And they had this segment where they do their bold predictions and Ernie writes it on the post stick. Um, so I'm going I'm to play the clip right now. I'm going to tell you this. If the Portland Trailblazers get in the playoffs... They will beat the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. Now, okay, so he said that, and um, the, I think the Blazers, they have a shot to get into the eighth spot. Um, Me personally, this is just me personally, I would like to see the Memphis Grizzlies, I would like to see the Memphis Grizzlies retain that eighth spot due to, based off the fact that they have been playing hard all year, um, if it wasn't for COVID, I think they would have retained uh, the the eighth spot and be playing the Lakers in the first round. And with all those young guys that have played their tails off all year long, um, they I mean, quite frankly, Memphis has overachieved because they were they weren't looked at as a team that was going to make it to the playoffs. They weren't looked at as a team that was even supposed to be in this predicament. And the fact that they are, I want to, me personally, I'm rooting for the Grizzlies to get in the eighth spot. Now, with Portland, if they were to get into the eighth spot, what Charles said, with a fully, with Chuck said, with a fully healthy Blazer squad with uh, Yusuf Nurkic and uh, Zach Collins. That makes Portland a little, that makes Portland a bit more formidable, but I don't think I don't think they're gonna, I don't think they would beat the Lakers in the first round. I, I just don't. I don't think they'd beat the Lakers in the first round. LeBron hasn't LeBron has LeBron has never lost in the first round. And you know, it's a bold prediction made by Chuck. Not mad at it, but um <laughs> You know, I I don't no, I don't think the Blazers would beat the Lakers in the first round, but that's why it's a bold prediction because it's really bold to say. That is why it's a bold prediction, and I I'm not even mad at Chuck for saying it. When I first saw it, I was like, he, he's absolutely crazy. But then I thought about, it, I was like, no, nah, it's not crazy. It's a bold prediction. Um, I don't think it's I don't think that prediction will come true. I don't think it would be correct, but it's a bold prediction. And I'm not mad at it. But speaking of the Western Conference and how the Western Conference is shaped, and I know everybody is saying, oh, this is such an unpredictable format. And I've just said that in the previous segment. But with the Western Conference, um, even, you know, even like teams with like Portland and New Orleans who have gotten a chance and have gotten the time 
to get healthy and to regroup. I just think it's a bit I just think it's a bit of a stretch where um where I, I just find it I just see it as a stretch if <clears throat> if the Clippers and the Lakers aren't in the Western Conference Finals. Like if you're predicting that one of those teams will not get in the Western Conference Finals, I just think me personally, I just think it's a stretch. That's all. But when I look at the other conference with the Eastern Conference, when I look at the Eastern Conference, I think it's wide open. I, I think that Eastern Conference, I think that puppy is wide open. No, I think I do I, I do think the Bucks, I think, you know, I think they're the best team. They may be the best team. They, you know, the Bucks very well may be the best team in the Eastern Conference. But I do look at teams like the Boston Celtics, who I really like. I really like the Boston Celtics. Um, the Toronto Raptors, championship pedigree, championship DNA, well coached by Nick Nurse, plays defense. I don't think I don't know if they have enough shot makers like they had last. I don't know if they have enough shot makers, you know, down the stretch to hit big shots. But I like what they have. Um, I like the I like their nucleus. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Miami Heat. Now, with the Milwaukee Bucks, they had a six-game lead on everybody. They had a six-game lead between the first before between them and the Toronto Raptors. I don't think the gap is that wide. I think the gap, if if like if you're saying Milwaukee is the best team in the Eastern Conference, I don't think the gap is that wide. I think the gap is short shorter than what people actually expect. Um, because like, like the Celtics, for example, I love the Celtics, what they have. I love what they have. Brad Stevens as a coach, absolutely love the combination. Then I have four guys on the Celtics that can score 20 plus, that can score 20 points on any given night, and it wouldn't surprise you. I think the Celtics are one of the only teams that can say that. And they have in and the Celtics are the only team in the league that has three guys averaging twenty plus points or more. And they had and Gordon Hayward, he can still drop 20, 25 on, on any given night, and it wouldn't surprise you. Plus, I like the Celtics depth. They play defense. So the, the the only thing with the Celtics is that what they're lacking is size. The Celtics lack size. And they've been lacking size. Quite frankly, for a very long time, they've been lacking size for some years now. But I really like the Celtics, and I think the margin between the Celtics and the Bucks is not as wide as people think, or it may, or the media may perceive. Um, even Miami Heat, I like the ingredients that they have. Now, I don't think they'd be—I don't think the Heat could go to the conference finals, but I think it—I think the Eastern Conference playoff picture. It's wide. It's open. I think it's wide open. Uh, the team like the 76ers, they struggled on the road. They struggled to find an identity. They struggled with chemistry, with time off, with this, with this, with this NBA bubble being at a neutral site. I think, that, you know, the opportunity is there for the, for the 76ers. It's there for the taking for the 76ers. Not saying it'll happen. Not saying they'll do it, but the opportunity is there. And with their talent, it's undeniable. Their talent that they have on that, like their first six guys is really good. Ben Simmons, uh, 
uh, Josh Richardson, um, and B Tobias T Tobias Harris. Their first five or six guys are really good. So I think the Eastern Conference is wide open. Um, I think it's wide open. I think the Western Conference is a bit more of a stretch. I like both LA teams to make the conference finals. Uh, it's a bit unpredictable. The bubble's unpredictable. You know, COVID could hit one of these um, LA teams, and that could obviously be detrimental. But um, Eastern Conference is wide open, and I, I really like the Celtics squad. I like this Celtics squad. I think this Celtics squad can probably take down Milwaukee. But um, boy, oh boy, let's shift gears. Um, so. There's some news about the Redskins. I'm going to touch bases or the Wash the Washington football team. I don't want to say that nickname because they they retired the nickname and I'm not going to I'm not going to continue to use it. Uh the Washington football team, like I told you guys, if you don't know, I'm a I'm a native Washingtonian. Uh lived in DC. I go to a lot of I go to a lot of Washington games um at FedEx Field. Um you know, Fan base, if they have a really, they they have a really, really, really strong fan base. I mean, their fan, I mean, that Washington football team fan base is really strong, and their voices are heard on this podcast. Um, you know, they they get on me. I don't they they I don't talk about they they get on me because I don't talk about the Washington the Washington football team enough. But I'm like, you guys aren't nothing to talk about. But um, I mean, boy oh boy, this this, this Washington situation. And Dan Snyder as owner has is not getting any better. It's gone from bad to worse. Um, so they had to retire the name that they've had for eighty seven years, which was a racial slur for eighty seven years, which is a racial slur. It's a racial slur, and they needed to retire and change the name. And I'm glad for it. Uh, now there, now there's there's fifteen women. Uh, that that were former employees of the red the, of the Washington football team, and now they are they are, it's an alleged sexual assault crime um, that they you know that they that they came out the, the fifteen women came out and said these things. Dan Snyder's owner, I, I mean, he's a bad owner. He's a bad owner. Uh, quite frankly, ever since he's bought the team and uh, moved the team out of RFK into FedEx Field. The team hasn't had any success. It hasn't experienced any success. Yeah, they had the RG three year. That, I mean, but that, I mean, come on. Who, who who still talks about that outside of the Washington community? Who still talks about that? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody talks about that. So like, it's just been a whole bunch of blah. And I, and I want to pay. I want to give them their respect. I want to give that franchise their respect because that franchise, once upon a time. Was one of the one was one of the better franchises fran franchises and football teams in in the sport like the rest like the Washington team the Washington football team in the eighties and a little bit into the nineties were really dominant they were really dominant under Joe Gibbs they were really really dominant um, and they you know since since I mean practically since Snyder has owned the team. It is it's done them no justice, no justice, and they haven't experienced any success. They haven't experienced any success in his twenty plus year tender as owner. Um, and you know that that that's leading to reports on how on how you know are they going to sell the team? Is the NFL going to force them to sell the team? And I'm like, quite frankly, uh, 
it's 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 thirty owners, it's thirty other owners. You know, they 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 all come from the same background. They're billionaires. They're white. You know, a lot of those owners do a lot of some of those owners. You'd be surprised. Some of those owners do. You know, they've their teams and themselves. Uh, they, 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 they condone that type of behavior that, um, that these 15 women are alleged that, you know, alleged, allegedly are claiming. So Robert Kraft had his incident. So there's, you know, so I don't know, maybe, maybe they will force them to sell the team. Maybe they won't. Me personally, I don't think they would. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. But this is the last topic of the day. Uh, boy, oh boy, we've had a great pod. Um, we've we've covered a lot. It was a it was a loaded. We had a loaded podcast today. But I want to touch on one big time story. Another dude got paid. But boy, oh boy. So Derrick Henry, the Titans running back, he's really great. I want to start off with that. He's a great player, and he's a really good running back. But the the but he got paid. Him and the Titans agreed to a four year, fifty million dollar uh, deal, twenty five million dollars guaranteed. He's a great player, and like he's had a he had a really good playoff run, perfect straight. Now uh, you know he's obviously not as he's not going to be a, he's not paid as much as Christian McCaffrey and, and Ezekiel Elliott, rightfully so, and I tell you why. With Derrick Henry, he's a he's had his last 19 games have been really good. But Derrick Henry at Alabama did he, he was he was only he, he was only the guy at Alabama for one year. But his other years at Alabama, he was splitting carries or he wasn't the starter. He so he had one year at Alabama where he was really the guy. He was the primary guy. Then gets drafted to Tennessee. He was a mid-second rounder. So he wasn't like a first rounder like Zeke or Saquon um, or Christian McCarthy like they were. They were high first rounders at that. Uh, Saquon was picked at two. Uh, Zeke was picked at four. I think Christian McCarthy was picked within the top ten. So those guys were top ten picks. Derrick Henry was a mid-second rounder. So, uh, he was a mid-second rounder. He was a mid-second rounder. That's all I'm saying. And then, his first two years in Tennessee, he wasn't the starter. And then, year three, he was splitting carries. And then, these, and then like I said, I alluded to, the last 19 games, he's had a great, he's had a great, like, he, he's had a great last 19 games. But he is not a world-class running back like Ezekiel Elliott, like Saquon Barkley, like um, Christian McCaffrey. He's not that. He's just not that. Um, you know, his, his college tape says it. His professional career and how it's gone says it. Now, no disrespect. He he. Let, I mean, he carried that Titans team. Um, you know, th- throughout the playoffs last year. But let's be honest, they got kind of lucky. They got lucky. They got kind of lucky. They got. They ran into a New England team that was vulnerable. Baltimore, uh, young, you know, they inexperienced. Lamar, uh, come on, they got lucky. And then they met their match in Kansas City, and Kansas City was was light years better than them. I mean, Kansas City was was just better. 
But I mean, let's be honest. Tennessee got lucky, you know. But 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 with Tennessee, uh, and you know they paid Ryan Tannehill. Everybody's like, oh, you got you gotta pay Derrick Henry. And I'm like, okay, you can pay him. But he gets this kind of deal. He gets a four-year, $50 million deal, which is a bit still risky. I think that deal that Tennessee gave him, it's a bit risky, but it's not. It's, he's not going to be paid like Zeke or Christian McCaffrey. He's not going to be paid like none of those guys. And he shouldn't <laughs> because I don't think he's as good. He doesn't catch as better than them. He doesn't catch as good as them. And his style of run, let's be honest, his style of, his style of running – it's real physical. It, you know, he takes a, he takes a beating, and I know he's he. I know himself. His stature, we haven't seen nothing like that at the running back position at his stature. But still, it's it's the running back position. It's gonna he's gonna take a beating. He's gonna take a physical beating. So even with that four year deal, twenty five million dollars guaranteed, fifty million dollars, it's still a bit risky but I do think he fits the Titans uh scheme the Titans are a physical football team he's a physical runner so I do I'm glad that he stayed in Tennessee I'm glad Tennessee was able to retain him because I think with him and Mike Vrabel Mike Vrabel um you know gritty tough physical that that's what their football team that's what they predicate themselves off uh, of and that's who Derrick Henry is physical runner you know, it, it takes multiple tackles to get him down. It takes hell, it takes multiple people to get him down. But as a runner, it, as a running back, he's not as good as Saquon, Zeke, uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's not as good as those guys. Saquon, I mean, Zeke can pass block, catch out of the backfield. Great runner. Saquon, Saquon, I mean, Saquon was a, is a great receiver. Uh, Christian McCaffrey damn near had a, he had a hundred catches last year. So. Uh, you know, with with Derrick Henry, it's a bit recency bias with the media. You know, the media. You know, I know, I know this league. I know I say often that this league is a what you done for me lately league. And yes, he's performed well in the playoffs. But who said that the, the, like those playoff games aren't scheduled? <laughs> those are those game those playoff games aren't scheduled games. So like, you can't really play guy. You can't really pay guys off of two playoff games because those games aren't scheduled. I'm not paying you for that. I'm paying you for the 15, 16 games that we're going to play, that you're going to play. I'm not paying you for the two playoff games. We got to get to the playoffs first. So, you know, with me, it's a bit recency bias. And it's like, oh, you got to pay Derrick Henry. You paid Ryan Tannehill. And, yeah, $62 million for Ryan Tannehill, a uh, bit too much. It's a bit too much. And then $25 million guaranteed to, uh, to Derrick Henry in a four-year deal, $50 million. It's a bit risky. It's a bit risky, but I think the Titans had to do what they had to do. Um, you know, it was a bit. It was a bit. It was a bit like it wasn't. It, it wasn't a pleasure seeing Derrick Henry like get <laughs> get the franchise tag. It was like, come on, he he had a good playoff run, but they paid them so forth. I I just think it's a bit reactionary. You know, we, 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 you know, media base, it goes off of recency bias. There's some recency bias there. But let's be honest, Derrick Henry's not as good as a running back as Saquon or Christian McCaffrey or Ezekiel Elliott. And that is why he has to deal with what he has. And let's be honest about these running back deals. These running back deals, boy, oh boy. 
boy, oh boy. I'm gonna touch bases more. I'm gonna touch bases more on underpaid positions. But boy, oh boy, the running back position, boy. When you pay these running backs, nothing good. Not I mean, let's be honest. Nothing good really comes out of it. Like as far as team success, nothing really good comes out of it. Like Devontae Freeman, Todd Gurley, and these are good running backs. But Todd Gurley and uh and David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, it's like oh boy, Ezekiel Elliott, and people are saying he start. He's people are saying that he started decline. These running back deals really don't help you. They don't win playoff games. They can't win your playoff games. They damn sure don't win your Super Bowls. So, you know, you know, I mean, I, and I often make this argument. I'm like, you don't need a great running back to win a Super Bowl. Look at Kansas City. Kansas City had Damian Williams. Damian Williams from Miami was a no-show. Damian Williams, Damian Williams with Kansas City and Patrick Holmes, Andy Reid and that system flourishes, flourishes. It has a big-time Super Bowl game. Here's a big-time Super Bowl game. Philly won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. They had a two-headed monster with Jay Ajahi and LeGert Blunt. New England for years. They've had James White and Danny Woodhead and, and Burkhead and all these other guys. Sony Michelle. They've had, they've had a multitude of running backs. Um, if you, if you, I, that's what I said. Take pages out of these, good, out of these teams' book. 49ers, they've had two of the monsters, Mostert and Telvin Coleman and Matt Breida. Look at look at the teams that's winning Super Bowls. Look at the teams that's getting to Super Bowls. They don't have superstar running backs. They're not paying running backs a fortune. And you look at those teams that's paying running backs a fortune, you see what has gotten them? New York Jets. You see what has gotten them? Urs on the Cardinals. They had to trade David Johnson. Houston was dumb enough to take the contract. <laughs> Houston was dumb enough to take the contract. But I mean, you know, you you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um they paid they paid Derrick Henry. I'm glad he got his money. I'm no way in no way or shape or form, you know, condemning. Get your money, go get it. I, I'm not mad at you at all or one bit. I'm just here to critique. I'm just here to react. I'm here to react to the news. And that that you know, that is what it is what it is. But thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the IKP. Um, obviously, more content is coming out. More and more content is coming out. We have more content to react to once the NBA season comes back in full effect. Um, the MLB season is one week away. The MLB season is exactly one week again, one week away. And boy, oh boy, I can't wait for that Nationals versus Yankees game. Um, so, you know, we, we you know, <laughs> we get, it seems like we're trying to get sports back. I know MLS is back. I know golf is doing, you know, golf is on, but I'm waiting for the MLB. I, those, those UFC, I must say, those UFC fight cards have been really entertaining. They're fighting in Abu Dhabi. Uh, they, 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 you know, UFC and Dana White took their fighters off, all out of the country, moved them, put, took them to Abu Dhabi. It, 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 I mean, that UFC card last, was it last weekend? Really good. Really entertaining. Really, really, really entertaining. Baseball comes back next week. Basketball is coming back soon, right after that. So I cannot wait. I know you guys can't wait. Um, I get some, I get some content to react to. I get some content for the first time in like, oh, let's just say four months. I, I get content. 
So I'm happy. I'm thrilled. Um, but thank you guys for continuing to bang out and rock out with me. Um, you know, for the another episode, this you know, hundred plus episodes, these things just keep going on and on. This is episode one thirty seven. Um, continue to come back, continue to spread the word, share this podcast, continue to click, 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 and share. Um, and I catch you guys on you know next next week. Enjoy your weekend. It's warm outside. Stay, please, stay healthy, stay wealthy, stay in good health. Uh, wear a mask. It's not. This is not a. This is not a. This is not a p- political statement. It's not a political statement. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. <laughs> Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Take all the health and safety precautionary measures you have to take to stay healthy. Wear a mask. Let's go. I see you guys. I catch you guys later. Two choices. One decision. I'm out. Deuces. sportswear or just want to rep your favorite team i know occasionally i like to do so well do it in style and shop with the 47 brand premium headwear and apparel style since 1947 officially licensed gear by your favorite team i have bought a couple pieces from this website i love the 47 brand great brand great quality and affordable prices go check out the 47 brand
in need of some sportswear or just want to rep your favorite team, I know occasionally I like to do so. Well, do it in style and shop with the 47 brand. Premium headwear and apparel style since 1947. Officially licensed gear by your favorite team. I have bought a couple pieces from this website. I love the 47 brand. Great brand, great quality, and affordable prices. Go check out the 47 brand.